0: That was, that is, was, were, it was, uh, the Heartbreak Kid, Shawn Michaels, entrance music from, uh, the 1990s. <whistles> Makes me feel old. Uh, that was, that song could have been a hit if they would have released it on, uh, on the radio. But it's uh, something that's burned into the minds of uh, wrestling fans. Uh, When did Shawn Michaels start that gimmick? What, mid-90s? Middle 90s? Whatever you want to call it. Uh. (laughs) Anyways, so delving off of uh, politics for... A night. I'm working on some stuff for a show. Um, I don't know. I have some online classes to finish. Haley, move over. Uh, finish tomorrow. <clears throat> Start and finish tomorrow. Uh, anyway. And then uh, maybe do some research and then have uh, some stuff for you back on the political front uh, soon some uh, interesting things uh, involving the the scientists that we're all supposed to believe believe the science well the sky the science believe the science we were told listen to the science and uh you know, it, it goes out, and uh, Harvard did a study, studly study, that um, the scientists were afraid of being caught up in the Trump derangement syndrome. I, I know I'm not talking about wrestling like I promised, but uh, they didn't want to be caught up in the whole, well, you're a white supremacist thing. And that's why the, uh, the Wuhan laboratory leak that I thought was common knowledge was not common knowledge to the general public. And also, um, what the, the world thinks of our president, uh, yeah, Joe Biden, um, there are reports from other nations, and I again, I thought this was common knowledge uh, around and about the United States uh, that Joe Biden had you know severe signs of uh, dementia, sundowners syndrome, and various things. but apparently the see I don't watch the mainstream media. I get my I gather my own information. I read different sources uh, watch different channels on YouTube, some liberal, some conservative, some moderate and I just learn stuff for myself um, but uh, the rest of the world is reporting in their mainstream press that our president seems to show the signs of dementia uh, forgetfulness, severe forgetfulness the the wandering off aimlessly looking like he's lost now anyways, forget that I'm going to light my stogie and uh Something other funny thing, I've got, you know, the smallest audience and uh, everything right now that I've had in my internet broadcasting life, and yet I'm starting to see and hear other YouTuber, well, I'm not on YouTube anymore, but other YouTubers who I've been trying to get the attention of uh, using some of the terminology and some of the things I've been saying for a couple months and I've also noticed one guy is now starting to twirl cigars around in his videos Uh, he doesn't light them, maybe it's because he's at home and his wife doesn't allow allow him to smoke in the house but uh, this is kind of funny. I was doing all this way before these other people. My partner in crime, uh, had to go his own way because he got married and started a family. And I got a dog. So, from time to time, Doc and I team up. But, for the most part, I'm on my own, but I'm seeing other people that are, uh, Starting to develop bigger and bigger things, um, stealing my flow. I don't know, <laughs> you know. But I'll talk about that in my political politico video. Uh, we'll throw back to the WWE entrance music of the Heartbreak Kid, Shawn Michaels, and then I'll talk about tonight's Hell in a Cell pay-per-view. Brought to us by the Crappy Peacock Stream and World Wrestling Entertainment. entrance themes were so good back in the day I remember the the wrestling album the wrestling album it was just, it that came out it was back when they had the big the uh vinyl albums and I had that oh man I wish I would have kept that and taken care of it it's probably worth some money someday but uh I, don't, I was young and stupid but man they had they had good music they had the in house writer who uh composed the music and uh he he did it to fit the the character the gimmick and uh it was cool to see on some uh, documentaries there in the late nineties. I think it was called Beyond the Mat, where they showed how he uh, comes up with the composition, you know, the way the wrestler walks to the ring, so they give his, you know, beat, his song a beat that's kind of got, like, heavy, a heavier beat, like his heavy footsteps or something like that, and then, of course, Shawn Michaels was, like, almost like a male exotic dancer entrance, and... His entrance music reflected that um, stuff from your childhood you think of and remember. So Hell in a Cell for me started 13 minutes late because Peacock sucks. I'm constantly when I'm you know using my Twitter, I mostly use it for retweeting. And for bitching about wrestling and Raiders football. And it, it's at the real underscore big John if you care. What? Nonetheless, I started trying to tune into the. Just to have, like, even if it was just a, a screen with a picture of. The like logo for the show uh, about 20 minutes early, and nothing was happening. I'm like, okay, it hasn't started yet. So then at 7 o'clock, I start trying to tune in again, and I'm using my TV, my phone, my computer, and I can't get the feed to come in on any of them. And on the TV, it's saying it's no longer available. On the computer said thanks for watching the show is over (laughs) so I don't know what if I pushed a button the right way or if the feed just started a few minutes late but I posted on the uh, Peacock posted an ad for the Hell in a Cell wrestling matches tonight and lo and behold uh, I posted no there's nothing streaming because the feed is effed up and it got a lot of likes so I probably wasn't the only one with the problem Uh, they started out with a pre-show talking about what the matches were going to be for the night Uh, during the pre-show they had uh Mandy Rose versus Natty Natalia Neidhart uh good match good uh, chain wrestling during the match um, I wouldn't say it was spectacular I wouldn't say it was bad it, it was just a good match A um, thing about the WWE's women's division they need to take it seriously, they said they were going to take it seriously, they had this big push to make it more serious and It's kind of just lately floundered. There aren't any notable rivalries. Except for Charlotte Flair and Rhea Ripley. Uh, The women's tag team division is kind of like a side note. Even though there have been good tag teams. But... WWE's been on a, a streak of... Excuse me. A streak of releasing wrestlers in... Started last year in 2020. And we all thought, well, it's because... You know, they're... Hunkering down because of the pandemic. And we don't know when it's going to end. Uh, they released their best tag team to lifelong friends the iconics Uh, then a few weeks ago they released uh, the member of a team called the riot squad Ruby Riot Uh, and before that she was Heidi Lovelace and she was a very experienced wrestler very good technician And they just let her go. And back in the 2020 pandemic releases of wrestlers, they let the first member of the Riot Squad, Sarah Rowe, or in WWE, Sarah Logan, on the independent scene, she was a very popular, very good wrestler, crazy Mary Dobbins. And I... Anyways, but I think the WWE... And all elite wrestling need to bolster up their women's divisions with um, a mid a mid card title for sure in the WWE, like a Intercontinental or United States Women's Champion. And I think all elite wrestling needs to add um, a women's tag team title and or uh, a mid-card title of some kind. Nonetheless, uh, in this match between Mandy Rose and Natty Nyhart, Natalya won via the Sharpshooter submission hold. Uh, the first match on the actual Hell in a Cell card was Bailey versus Bianca Belair for the SmackDown Women's Championship. This was a hell in a cell match. I don't think it should have been, but these women pulled it off and it was a great match. Uh, Bianca Belair, in my opinion, is one of the top three women athletes in wrestling right now. Uh, I think the other two are Ember Moon and, uh, Naomi, the, Naomi, the glow, Naomi Fatu, uh, whatever you want to call her. Uh, they're just phenomenal athletes that can do all kinds of, uh, technical wrestling to fly, high flying. But, uh, anyways, uh, these ladies, Bailey and Bianca pulled it off, um, I thought really Charlotte versus Rhea Ripley should be inside a cell. Because uh, those two, their rivalry is they just want to beat the crap out of each other. But last year, Hell in a Cell, Bailey versus Sasha Banks stole the show. And I think maybe that's what they were going for here, was, you know, Bailey could pull this off where she could carry. Uh, along with Bianca's athleticism. Uh, and then, you know, steal the show again. And it was one of the top matches on the card. All the matches were good on this card. I'll give the WWE that much. Uh, B- one point, Bailey had Bianca. Bianca's got this long, long ponytail. It comes down uh, to her knees at least. And at one point, Bailey tied her to a chair, and Bailey was sitting on the chair and beating up Bianca. Well, then Bianca reversed the roles and tied her ponytail around Bailey's wrist and was using it to uh, have leverage and you know pull Bailey around and throw her into things, pull Bailey into herself, and you know use a shoulder block uh, and different things so it was very creative, very, uh, good all around match. Uh, you know, there were weapons, Singapore canes, uh, what else? Fire extinguishers, tables, chairs, all that. Uh, Bianca Belair won. Good, good. Cause she's just recently, Recently become champion uh, at WrestleMania, beating Sasha Banks in a historic uh, all-women's main, uh, all-African-American women main event on the Saturday night show at WrestleMania. Next was Seth Rollins versus Cesaro. Uh, Cesaro, he's finally getting an upper card push that he's well overdue for. He's one of the best athletes, one of the strongest guys in the company, one of the best promos, one of the best wrestlers. So he's finally getting that upper card push, kind of upper mid card. He had a world title match against uh, Roman Reigns. And it looked like they were going to continue that feud on, but then uh, instead he got into this feud with uh, Seth Rollins. That's good. They both can turn out a hell of a wrestling match. Uh, Seth started out with a Pearl Harbor job as Cesaro was coming down the ramp. Uh, Cesaro then quickly turned it around and he started out really hot, uh, you know, and then it turned into a battle. Going back and forth. Uh, Pat McAfee added a lot to this match on commentary. He's a very good commentator. Some people don't like him, but I think he, he adds a lot. Also, Ref Jess, the lady ref on the Raw, or, no, SmackDown. Pardon me. Anyways, Ref Jess, as she's known. Uh, She adds a lot to the matches with her expression and her demeanor. The way she reacts to what's going on in the ring. Uh, She sells the submission holds. as, uh, As do the wrestlers that are actually in the hold. Uh, you know, her facial expressions and look of concern and things when she's checking to see if the wrestler wants to give up or whatever. Wants to submit or tap out. So, and that's something that's overlooked in wrestling. You know, they think that a referee should be invisible. And they should be, but there are key moments when the referee can add... To the drama of the match. And she does that uh, as good as anybody since uh, referee Tommy Young in the old ADA, NWA used to do. Uh, Seth Rollins won this with a small package. There's a lot going on right now with com- people complaining about uh, the surprise roll-up victories uh, in WWE. But this one was, was good. It was done... The right way. Uh, it wasn't, you know, a distraction or you know something like that. And uh, the the guy that's you think losing suddenly rolls his opponent up from behind. Uh, Cesaro was going for a submission hold, <clears throat> and Seth Rollins grabbed him and rolled him up in the small package. So that that's a surprise roll up technically, but. It was old school enough and good enough that I wouldn't hold that against uh, them. And it'll continue the Rollins and uh, Cesaro feud on for another pay per view, maybe. So, next we had Alexa Bliss versus Shayna Baszler, With, which, uh, you know. It looked like they were going to go away from this satanic Alexa Bliss character. I just think she needs to wash off the makeup and say, screw you guys, I'm just going to be Alexa Bliss, the really good wrestler. But that's not where they're taking this. They're taking it even further down a dark road. So, Baszler got in a lot of offense. Uh... uh, throughout the match but especially right off the bat and Alexa just acted like she was impervious to the pain Um, Alexa got her offense in Um, Alexa seems like she's enjoying the pain and Alexa is now doing this stare where she stares people down and overtakes them Uh, almost like she hypnotizes them with her eyes Uh, This guy Reginald who is a valet for Nia Jax He is literally afraid of the Alexa stare Then Alexa is double jointed in her elbows She uh, Shayna had her in a arm bar Alexa had her elbow turned kind of inside out But then she used the Alexa stare to hypnotize and cause Shayna to break the hold for no reason. Well, then she started staring at Nia Jax, who was on the outside with Reginald. And uh, she hypnotized Nia. And then as Alexa was in the ring, she went, "Whoom!" and as she did the air slap to nobody Nia Jax slapped Reginald on the outside of the ring so now Alexa Bliss can control other people with her stare uh she ends up winning this match uh this is apparently a gimmick that's going to continue on for her um <clears throat> next was Sammy Owens and uh, or Sami Zayn pardon me and Kevin Owens um I missed the first part, and Peacock does not have a rewind or a 10-second backwards capability on WWE pay-per-views or WWE live streams. So, when I started watching the match, Kevin Owens was hurt and favoring his left arm. Sami Zayn won the match. That's all I can say about it. Uh, Next was Charlotte Flair and Rhea Ripley, which I thought should have been hell in a cell, but there's a reason why it wasn't. Um, Charlotte is toned down. She's thinner and less muscular than she's ever been, uh, but she also looks hotter than she's ever been. Uh, People thought that that she had some plastic surgery to her face, but it's just from the weight loss. Her face has even gotten thinner. And she's not as toned and muscular, but she's still diesel and I mean chiseled as hell. Great abs, great arms, shoulders, uh I forget what this muscle's called, but traps. Um but the thing is Charlotte's getting ready to do more in television and movies. Uh I don't think she's Obsessed as much with the wrestling business as her dad was. Uh, For Ric Flair, wrestling was his his everything. I mean it was his identity. Uh, I don't there are people that say he Ric Flair himself doesn't know who Richard Flair is. That he is the Ric Flair character in real life. and even he will say he doesn't think he's ever gotten to know who Richard Fleer is. Because even before he was into wrestling uh, he partied and acted crazy wild to gain attention and gain friendship. Nonetheless um, Rhea Ripley comes out she looks badass as hell. The uh, one thing I don't like about her gimmick though is her ring attire or ring gear it's covered in chains and I know you know different wrestlers at different times have you know worn all sorts of things to the ring Duke the Dumpster Drosy used to come out to the ring in <clears throat> a, a garbage man jumpsuit Uh, stuff like that. But the chains in that should be considered foreign objects, right? Shouldn't they? That's illegal. That can be used as a weapon when it's dangling from your... your leg attached to your pants. But anyways, that's just a nitpicky thing. Uh, the bad thing is we don't know if Rhea is the heel or the face... We don't know how the WWE doesn't seem to know how they're building her up either. Uh, I think she should have had a much slower build up to a world championship where she had a lot of squash matches and tore through, uh, the women's roster. Uh, Charlotte came out in this match, very aggressive, working Rhea's leg to set her up for the figure eight submission hold. Um, what I like the best about Rhea's work in this match is she sold her left leg being injured for the entire match. A lot of times people will get uh wrestlers will get a injury, wink wink, nudge nudge, right? And they'll be hurt for a minute and then suddenly the knee or the ankle or the arm that was being brutalized and torn out of socket and dislocated and joint manipulated is suddenly better and the announcers go, oh my gosh, it must be their adrenaline kicking in. No, Rhea sold her knee injury for the entire match and it made it so much more real, so much more believable. That maybe Charlotte's gonna lock that figure eight in and win, um, and but Charlotte, you know, was on the offense. Rhea kept coming back, very athletic and strong. Rhea Ripley. It ended where uh, both where Charlotte had Rhea in the figure eight, also known as the figure four. Uh, <clears throat> Rhea crawled her way out of the ring while still locked in the figure eight, got out of it and was uh, leaning on the announcer's table and Charlotte came up to grab her from behind-ish and Rhea pulled the top off the, the cover off the announce table and hit Charlotte with it out of nowhere. Uh, And that caused Rhea to be disqualified. So, Rhea held on to the belt, but Charlotte won by DQ. And then the women continued to brawl after the match. Uh, Charlotte screamed at Rhea as Rhea was walking up the ramp with her belt. uh, Limping up the ramp, actually. Uh, You're learning, bitch. So... Good work there for both women. I was impressed um, with the way both of them sold everything, and uh, it was a good match. And it's gonna go a little while longer. And this, I don't mind. I don't mind at all Uh, long term storytelling, long term booking a feud that lasts for several years. Uh, I mean, in the 1980s, it seemed like Dusty Rhodes and whoever he was buddies with at the time, it, I mean, it seemed like they feuded, my, in my childish mind, looking back, it seemed like Dusty Rhodes and whoever he was buddies with feuded with the four horsemen for the entire decade. And it was a, probably a, a good five-year run that they had, where Dusty was, you know, chasing the Four Horsemen for some title, whether it was, you know, uh, Tolly Blanchard's uh, TV title, or I don't know what all titles Tolly held, uh, maybe the U.S. title, of course, chasing Ric Flair for the world title, uh, you know, all these things, and so long-term, long-term booking, long-term, long-term storytelling, long-term feuds I don't hurt. Don't hurt my feelings. They don't break my little heart none. Uh, I don't like it when, you know, when Vince Russo was writing, and in the '90s there, uh, you would you had like the new Four Horsemen, where Kurt Henning. Could have been a great four horseman. It was uh, Flair, Chris Benoit, Dean Malenko, Kurt Henning, and then Arn Anderson kind of being the manager or J.J. Dillon of the group. That could have been a great rival for the New World Order. Nope, they break up the new quote four horsemen within a month. You know, Kurt Henning turns on Ric Flair and joins the other 75 members of the NWO. You know, that's stupid. Why not have a a rivalry, you know, where Flair is, you know, fighting with Hogan, the two biggest guys of the 80s and early 90s, you know, battling into the twilight of their careers and then build new characters up through those those two factions, but now nah, that, that would make sense. And that's why WCW's out of business. <laughs> I don't know. So, um, last match to go on was Bobby Lashley versus Drew McIntyre for the Universal Championship. <clears throat> Just to remind everybody, I am the intergalactic champion in my imagination. Uh, They had a tough match to follow because Rhea Ripley and Charlotte tore down the house. Uh, There were no fans in attendance, so it made it a little bit easier. Uh, Aside from being a Hell in a Cell match, there's the stipulation that if Drew McIntyre loses, he cannot challenge Lashley again key here is he cannot challenge Bobby Lashley again. He can still challenge somebody down the road for the world title. Okay. Although they tried to make it sound now like he can never challenge for a world title again. No, technically, and they'll use this, the correct wording later when they want to build Drew McIntyre into another title feud. Well, it was he couldn't challenge Bobby Lashley was the stipulation. All right, so uh, McIntyre started out fast. Uh, Then for the first five, ten minutes of the match, he was on top, beating the crap out of Bobby Lashley. Lashley gained control by using MVP's pimp cane, which MVP snuck in through the uh, holes in the fence on the cell. Uh, I think drew McIntyre is the best baby say, baby face seller since Hulk Hogan when it comes to getting uh, baby face sympathy and you know making you want to root for him making you think he's gonna just die in the ring uh, and then coming back uh, he's great at that uh, then <clears throat> <clears throat> McIntyre had a chair in his hands, was getting ready to hit Bobby Lashley with it. Lashley kicks him from behind. Uh, McIntyre hits the referee, knocks the referee out. Then, of course, what happens? Bobby Lash- or Drew McIntyre pins Bobby Lashley. There's no referee. There's a referee standing outside the the cell. With a key in his hand. To unlock the cell. And he didn't know what to do. When the original referee was knocked unconscious. Until McIntyre told him to get in here. (laughs) So. He. um, And this is where I just. It got. I mean it was still a good match. After this. Um, It was a long match. And it was a lot more good than bad. But. McIntyre is beating up on MVP. Well, you know what's going to happen. After the second referee came into the cell, then MVP snuck in behind him. So McIntyre is beating up on MVP to make sure MVP can't interfere. And, of course, what happens? Bobby Lashley sneaks up from behind. Drew McIntyre puts him in the hurt lock, also known as the full Nelson. Um, earlier McIntyre had set up a table in the corner of the cell uh, leaning up one end leaning up against the cell the other end on the floor he backs up quickly and puts uh, Bobby Lashley through the table to get out of the hurt lock now McIntyre is on, on top again winning Uh, then McIntyre hits uh, a DDT he calls it the future shock DDT but it's a double arm DDT not as good as Jake Roberts there will never be anyone as good as Jake Roberts at the DDT but so after the DDT McIntyre is pissing around he wants Bobby Lashley to stand up so he so that McIntyre can hit him with a Claymore kick and make sure he's unconscious well the 30 seconds or minute that went by was sure as hell proof that Lashley was pretty unconscious, we think. Well, then, MVP grabs a hold of Bobby Lashley's leg, or Bobby, or fire. MVP grabs McIntyre by the leg. So, as McIntyre is fighting, for control of his leg with MVP. Suddenly Lashley comes from out of nowhere with a surge of adrenaline. Seeing his opportunity. He grabs uh, McIntyre between... I don't want to say between legs. That sounds gross. But grabs him from behind. Rolls him up. Grabs onto, or grabs onto McIntyre's trunks for extra leverage. Gets the 1-2-3 with a shitty surprise roll-up. Now McIntyre cannot challenge Bobby Lashley for the world title. And I just sat there and laughed my ass off after a a tremendous match. Brutal match, but a good wrestling match. It was brutal with weapons, chairs, tables, but it wasn't uh, an outlaw, shitty death match. Brutal. It was good professional wrestling. Two guys trying to settle a score, and you know, fighting for their pride, fighting for the world title, fighting for the winner's share of the purse. Uh, all those things that you I used to watch wrestling for, and it was great storytelling up until the uh, part where MVP got inside it, and then it kind of was okay then when MVP grabbed Lashley by, or grabbed McIntyre by the leg you knew Lashley was going to sneak up and do something in order to win um, I thought he would put McIntyre in the hurt locks full Nelson and make him pass out or something but no, they just went with a crappy roll-up victory. So, <clears throat> yeah, it leaves some story to be told. Will there be a third match in this? Or fourth or fifth or whatever match in this series? Where now MVP has to be uh, locked in a cage above the ring or something weird. Or will it be like, okay, you know, hey, the referee's decision is final. Sorry, McIntyre, you're out of luck. I guess we'll see what happens tomorrow on Raw. Uh, there's not much reason to watch Monday Night Raw anymore. Although, um, rumors have it that they're going to step their game up now that the, uh, matches are going to be before live fans. Um. But really, truthfully, what needs to happen is Bruce Pritchard and Johnny Ace need to gizzo. uh, Triple H, Paul Levesque, and Shawn Michaels or Michael Hickenbottom uh, need to be running this along with uh, the road dog Jesse James. uh, Because right now the hottest brand in wrestling is NXT. And it is run by... Triple H, Shawn Michaels, and the Road Dogg, so, um, I still love and respect Vince McMahon for the businessman and the, uh, the Barnum and Bailey of his time, the Shakespeare of his day, whatever you want to call him, uh, but also, you know, when they let people like Aleister Black who has an outstanding character. They let him go, and Vince says, look, I like you, I just don't know what to do with you, so I'm laying you off. Uh, They let a great wrestler and great commentator like Samoa Joe go, and then Triple H shits a brick and says, hell no, hire him back. Uh, This is all signs that things need to change in WWE. Um, you know, they let a great wrestler like Ruby Riot go, and they bring up bring back uh Ava Marie, who can't work, she can draw heat, she can work the microphone a little bit, but she cannot you know wrestle, and you let wrestlers like Ruby Riot. Sarah Logan, go. So you can bring back a non-wrestler. That's Johnny Ace and Bruce Prichard being pervs, being dirty old men like they were before, when Johnny Ace looked through you know bikini catalogs to find women wrestlers. You know, yeah, he hired some pretty girls, but there were there were great women on the Independence. Uh, and other places that can be brought into wrestlers. There's Maria Manik, who had a tryout and didn't quite make it. There's Kelly Klein, who just wrestled in front of a sold-out Madison Square Garden. And yet, uh, when you know Kelly Klein was the first Ring of Honor Women of Honor champion, uh, wrestled at G One Supercard with. Uh, Was it New Japan or one of the Japanese wrestling companies in Ring of Honor did a uh, joint show at Madison Square Garden before Ring of Honor really went to crap. And, you know, here's Kelly Klein, who was a huge part of that. WWE cannot sell out Madison Square Garden anymore. But you bring in a non-wrestler, non-talented individual and you leave talented women out there dangling in the the wind i don't get it so anyways that was uh the hell in a cell 2021 next pay-per-view is wwe's money in the bank where the wrestlers have to fight four or five wrestlers will compete and have to climb a ladder, ooh, scary, to retrieve a contract good for a world title shot. Uh, Last year's winner, Otis, never cashed his in. That was pretty crappy. Um, Again, another fail on WWE's part. This split up a good tag team, Otis and Tucker, When they could have used Otis's Money in the Bank to cash in on a tag team title shot. They had a good angle going between Otis, the big goober, and the gorgeous Mandy Rose. They just threw that aside. And uh, then they had uh, poor Otis lose his Money in the Bank contract to The Miz... So the Miz could be champion for two weeks and drop to Bobby Lashley. Um, Pretty dumb, (laughs) you know, but whatever. Um, That's been 2020 and the start of 2021 for the WWE. So thank you all. God bless you. Pray for each other. And as always, uh, thanks for watching and listening.